0: Coming Transmission Radio Rebellion Welcome to The Rebellion, another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. If you're a fan of the show, you know this happens from time to time. I tried making some last-minute adjustments, and unfortunately, I cut off our intro music, but that's fine. You guys have heard it before, so there's no royalties involved with it. But we are grateful for our friend that made that song for us. So, yay, guys. Welcome to another episode on this fabulous Saturday, another weekend. It's been a week. You know, we don't touch too much about real world issues here, but it's been a week and we'll just leave it at that for now. We're gonna have a fun show tonight. We're gonna have a great show. We're back again with a great guest today. It's been a couple of weeks since we have someone on, and today it's gonna be a good one. He's a little lack of sleep, but that's fine. It's gonna make for a great show, great conversations, and Thank you guys, as always. If you're watching this on the live chat, then thank you. Don't forget to hit that like, that thumbs up button. I always forget to tell you guys till the end. If you're not subscribed, go ahead, hit that subscribe. It's, I'll wait. All right, hopefully you did it already because it's pretty quickly to hit that subscribe. And if you're watching this later on in the replay, just leave a comment below about anything, why, how I always mess, mess up the intros, about the topics we're talking about, it doesn't matter. Just leave us a comment. And if you're listening to this later on on the audio podcast, make sure to leave us a rate, review, and subscribe to it also so you don't miss anything. Uh, So how have you guys been? Like I said, it's been a week, but it's always a fun week when you get to add to your Star Wars collection. I just got this yesterday. It's a Second Sister Inquisitor. There you go. I just love the design of the Inquisitors. It's one of my favorite dark side designs at the moment. I'll be honest, I haven't played fall Fallen Order, like I've said before, I'm not a gamer anymore, unfortunately, but I do like the design. So I got it for about five bucks on Amazon. So if you like it, you don't have it, go ahead and pick it up. All right. Enough about me. Like I said, we have a great guest today and let's bring him up from the Pink Milk Podcast, the one, the only Brian. Hey, Brian, how are you doing today?
1: Hello. I have been up since 11 p.m. I'm very excited and I couldn't sleep. And I've been here waiting in front of the screen.
0: Yeah, all right. Sorry, it's <laughs> trying to keep you waiting so long. But...
1: No, there. I'm super stoked.
0: All right. Yeah, we're talking a little bit off air about how things. It's life. It happens. You have a plan and then it gets thrown off course, unfortunately, once in a while. But it happens. So how have you, you been in your, It happens. Being, busy with your podcast you're doing some new shows recorded earlier today also how's everything going over there
1: i did uh i am tickled i have to be honest uh we uh we're planning on doing a mandalorian rewatch and uh when that show first started i felt that it was a very queer coded show and i have an inability to see that show any other way um this is the way And uh, so I decided to uh, put together a queer roundtable, and it was one of the great things that Twitter does. I kind of sent a tweet out and got a whole lot of people on. And honestly, I'm just I am so incredibly grateful to them. They have brought uh, so much to the podcast. And it's it's really changed. I, I feel I've grown not only as a podcaster, but as a person through all this, which is it's really, really awesome. Yeah. Last uh, the last episode, we had like nine people. Oh wow! So yeah. I learned I learned some editing last week.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna bring it up later, but since you brought it up, let's start with it. So one of the th- one of the things I love about Star Wars is that exact thing that you said that we all see it from different eyes and different points of view. And for this our second season here on Radio Rebellion, I've been having more guests. I'm trying to expand yeah. not only for my fans, but also myself, people with different experiences, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, and things of that nature. And we all see it from a different point of view. So
1: yeah.
0: when you sent out that tweet, I remember seeing it. And then I guess what, like a week or two later, your first episode came out, which I do, I listened yeah. to it a while back. It's a great, and like I said, I didn't see it that way. And I can't say that I will continue to see it the way that you guys saw it, but it gave me another perspective of how people relate to Star Wars, uh, so yeah. I wanted to ask you, and you kind of answered it already. But was this something since the episode, the series started? You saw it that way. Was it later just thinking about it that all those things came into your mind?
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, the minute it started. Yeah. The uh, uh, we talked a little bit on on our first episode. Um, In our culture i'm lgbtq Mm plus um uh i my husband is on the podcast with me so it makes it pretty obvious that we're gay dudes pretty quick (laughs) um but uh yeah the minute he walks into the bar just the way he came in um and made his entrance i think a lot of us in our community Mm -hmm. not everybody but a lot, it was certainly true for me. That's the first place we kind of go to, to be ourselves, uh, nightclubs and bars, especially, you know, I'm a little bit older. So I was coming out in the, in the nineties, it was a different time, (laughs) but, uh, it's, it's the place that we could go to and kind of be safe. And he's very much himself in that scene. And then we see as he leaves all of a sudden he starts building the walls around him about, the droids. And we, we really see what he's, th- that he's hiding and he yeah. wasn't hiding as much then. So everything about that show though, to this, you know, <laughs> that's just how I see it very much.
0: So are you doing your podcast? I guess your round table, so You have so many people in there one per each episode. You think you're doing eight of these covering each episode? Or how are you going on about it?
1: Well, the first we planned on doing two episodes, a series of four round tables. So we're going to do two chapters per episode. Uh, The first one, I can ramble as it is already to get more people in there. And it was we we weren't anticipating the trailer to drop. So that ended up taking uh, a good chunk of conversation. So the, uh, the first episode, which is episode 38 of the podcast, we discussed chapter one and just kind of get to know everybody. Then the second one we do chapters two and three, and then just this morning we recorded chapters four, five, and six. Uh, so that'll be out on Wednesday. Okay. Knock on wood. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I think now you, that you mentioned episode thirty-eight, I think this is our thirty-eighth episode of our podcast. So. Oh hey,
1: on. we're on the same the same wavelength there. That's awesome.
0: Pirates <laughs> with kids similar ages, not sleeping. I did get a little bit more sleep. Than me like. <laughs> So
1: we'll, it was we'll meant back, to be, my friend.
0: Yeah, we'll come back to it. But speaking of parenting, I think you in that first episode that I listened about the Mandalorian, you were talking about parenting in this digital age. And my kids are doing the same digital school, like they call oh. it over here. And it's we're five weeks into it, and those first two weeks, it's no one knew what was going on—parents, kids, teachers. It's the same over there. I'm guessing it's just uh, throw it up until. Oh.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's twofold. Our youngest um was in kindergarten and he had just switched to to full-day kindergarten like a month and a half before everything went down. And then he and for hey mysteries uh uh just before he went came the online schooling and and uh yeah. He yeah. did. He was, he was legitimately afraid of the camera. He did not understand okay. <laughs> how they were in and could see him in his house. So I, I want to say that at la- the end of kindergarten, he like just didn't even go to the computer. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're getting experience with computers at a much younger age and you know, that's what they're going to have to know. So there's, there's been some good to it. It's yeah. definitely hard though. Yeah. It's definitely tough.
0: I know it's my wife does most of it. She's been lucky enough that since all of this started her work, let her work from home. So it's great, but at the same time she's like wearing four hats at the time dealing with work stuff and with two kids doing digital school at the same time. And yeah, it's like you saying, especially those weeks, no one knows what's going on. And then my kids, at least they learn a little bit quicker because last year, I guess over here around March when all this started, we were home, still doing working from home. So they saw us on Zoom a lot. So they mm-hmm. learn a awesome. little bit about it. So my son knows when to mute himself and all that. But then I get, he's in second grade, kids don't know. So it's everyone talking and my kids yeah. Why don't they just mute themselves. And then the teacher, so-and-so, that's distracting. I can <laughs> hear you someone on the phone. And then people walking, like, oh man. So yeah, it's <laughs> a pain. So my hats off to you my wife everyone that's doing this and especially the teachers because some of them are doing digital plus in person learning learning yep. at the same time and it's i don't know how they do it it's
1: we start that uh, next week yeah. so <laughs> um, we'll see yeah it be a whole new venture
0: yes Good luck. <laughs> so talking about your Thank podcast you. how i love when you guys start your podcast um correct me if i'm wrong it's basically podcast for those what is it that enjoy Star Wars and those forced yep. to listen to it? So yes. how, <laughs> how did you convince your husband, Tom to be on a podcast? Cause he's I'm guessing uh, a casual fan as we call a casual fan. How did yes. this come about?
1: So yeah, uh, someone called him a casual fan at best and it's <laughs> stuck. It's really funny. Uh, I mean, Tom's wonderful. I am like the luckiest person in the world. I found my person and, uh, He's really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, we it didn't take long. I've shared the story once or twice, but uh, when we first met, he asked me something, you know, whatever first date questions. What's sure. what's 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 interesting about you? And I said, you know, I was in my twenties at the time, and I said, you know, I live my life based on the three S's. And he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> said South Park, Sex in the City, and Star Wars. And he was like, that is the weirdest thing i've ever heard and yeah. probably is but uh you know i think you can go to any one of those things and find so many answers to life and things come up sure. and uh he had told me that he hadn't even seen the prequels all of them yet i think he'd seen episode one mm-hmm. and so i was like okay well you got to get on that and then uh we went on our second date like a week later and he had actually watched episode oh, wow. two and three i was like a good yeah that's like i mean for some we didn't know each other i was like it was really really impressed and so i knew he was really great anyways um anyways that was 13 years ago so uh i had been wanting to do a podcast for a really really long time and tom and i years ago almost opened up a business together we were going to open up a coffee shop actually and and so we had done a little bit of work together And then we hadn't worked together in a long time, but we kind of missed that dynamic and we think we're funny. And then, so I somehow just convinced him to do it. I don't, you know, I, I, we got married and we fought real hard. So I just pulled the wedding ring thing. I said, well, you know, you have to, and then luckily, uh, a few months later, the Mandalorian started and I had, I have spoken. So I yeah, said, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna come you on wait. the podcast wait. yeah <laughs> That's
0: a great story and it's it's funny. I've met a few people that during this doing podcasting have not similar stories, but one of them is the really Uber fan of Star Wars and the other one either just watches the movies or a certain aspect of it, but that's what makes the show so entertaining. It's just that back and yep. forth. And you guys have it, of course, with that personal relationship that you guys have, but it shows through not the screen, but through the audio, listening to, to you guys yeah. on the podcast. I've listened to a couple, and it's always, I love the way that you guys start just the first five or 10 minutes talking and introducing the show. It's a great way to get your personalities through. And yeah. i happy that you guys found a way to do it through Star Wars podcasting and not something else that was maybe down the way. But how did Pink Milk start? Where did the name come from? Do you guys have different names? Because I think before you had Pink Milk House, or something like that at least on twitter and then change it how that name come out
1: yeah so i love star wars obviously but i'm also like a really really big music fan and there's a band called hercules and love affair and one of their songs they're a, a queer band and one of their songs is called my house mm. and it's just a song about regardless of whatever is going on outside this is my house and it's an order and i'm gonna do things my way. Yeah. And so it's really resonated with me. And so and then I had to be a fancy gay and spell house H-A-us. Yeah. Um. But we changed it because it was just really confusing. <laughs> so that was a bad marketing call on, yeah. on my end. Um, but when we started the show, we really did start it with the intention of, you know, for super fans and those who are forced to listen, thinking that would be the part that kind of stuck. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was really more about representation. And like you said, we talk a lot about our personal life in there and it's almost become the podcast has kind of taken a a life of its own. And at the time, I had never heard, I listened to lots of podcasts and YouTubes and stuff like that because Star Wars was always just kind of my thing by myself. And so that was how I found things, you know? Um, but I had never heard a person from my community speaking about it. And so I was like, you know, uh, I, I really want to do that. And in my thirties, I was an independent comic maker. So I created a couple series of comics and I was really knee deep in the local scene. But, I didn't want to be a gay comic creator. So I really kind of hit it. Um, And I, as as the years went on with that, I kind of regretted that I did that. Um, So I, and I was just like, you know, I love star Wars and I haven't heard my voice. I haven't heard anyone talking about seeing it the way I see it. And there's no way I'm the only one that does. Mm -hmm. Um, So we knew that was going to going to be a part of the podcast. And then, we have children that we've adopted through the foster system, which we talk a lot about on the show too. And I wanted to make sure that we had the kids because that's another layer of our community that isn't spotlighted very often. Um, and a show about children who find families you know, stars learned to speak to me on a whole another level once, once my kids came, uh, And so that's kind of what the podcast turned into. It was, you know, the force to listen is there and it's funny and it's great. And it's very, very true. Um, I think Tom brings a lot to the show because people like us, we talk about all day long, but you know, Tom comes like, no, I really liked it. And, and he loves learning about it. And so that really, really works. But the shows become really kind of about an LGBTQ lens through it, which is, which has been really awesome.
0: Yeah. Did you, and I think you, yes, because you said it already, but was it always part of the idea to have that front and center? Because one thing it's saying, yeah, I'm LGBTQ in that community, but we're not going to make it a central focus on the show. But it's out there, your science says, gay, yep. install Star, in Star yep. Wars. So you don't hide it, like you said. Was that always the plan? We'll just put it out there and deal with it if you don't like it or whatever.
1: Yeah, it was never I didn't. I wish I was that smart to say I wanted it front and center and to lead it that way. Um, I certainly won't thought it was going to be a part of it. But I, I really didn't think it was but in June. So June is Pride Month. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things changed. You know, we started our podcast for coming up to a year. So we started it in November. And then uh, March came (laughs) and I think everybody stopped listening to podcasts because we're all in panic. Um, and so we were just kind of, you know, we had never done anything like this before. I think like a lot of podcasts, you just kind of start you stumble your way through the beginning. Um, and, uh, in June we had a few queer guests come on from different, different places. Uh, and I started to learn that some of them had podcasts and all that at that time, but it was, um, who are now my friends matt and sean from blue bantha milk co okay. another youtube channel yeah. uh ha- asked us to be on f- to celebrate pride month and talk about representation and it was really that moment that kind of changed everything i was like oh my god here are two straight dudes who live on the other side of the world and they're asking us what it's like to see star wars and so it just changed everything I was like okay i thought maybe we'd have you know a couple dozen people from our community listened, and that was about it. Um, but I think at that moment, I realized, Oh, well, there's more people listening. And, and they're listening specifically, mm-hmm. because they want to hear from a different perspective, people like you like what you just yeah. said, you're trying to do with your second season. And it, I think it made me realize that uh, there was something bigger going on. It was I was really proud at that moment. It was really awesome.
0: Yeah, it's like you said, it's Star Wars podcasters. One, you throw a stone, you hit 27. But trying to find yep. that's starting a podcast that's what you look for. What's the hook to get people involved in it that can go 20 other podcasts? And then you find yep. your way just being true to yourself and then finding that audience behind it, not just people, gay people, anything, just everyone wants to listen to different voices. Because I've said here before, I'm the reason, not the reason why I like talking with self-minded people about star wars and i don't mean people that think like me because then it's there's no reason to have it what i mean by that is people that see the positive on it we can criticize it but not just go the negative route like some people so that's when i when i say self-minded but talking to you just for a few minutes and the other people i've had before geeky waffle being from asian descent an Indian descent bring an, a totally mm-hmm. different perspective to it that opened up my eyes about it. Um, Lauren and Andrea from Galactic Podcast also see from a different point of view. Uh, for Supplied Entertainment, from their point of view, it opens up my eyes to different ways of seeing Star Wars, which then opens up the conversation. But you didn't bring up a few minutes ago to saying when we stumbled through our first few episodes and yes that always happens so <laughs> what have you learned in this first year of podcasts that you wish you knew before when you started back in november of last year
1: i think i maybe i mean i i love tom with yeah. all my heart obviously I, but I, he is the star we joke he waits in the grain in the green room until we're yeah. ready to go yeah <laughs> so literally all of it is is me and you know I have a full-time job which is a creative I'm in the creative field too so sometimes I, I am just like creatively tapped out <laughs> when it comes you know um, I think I wish I would have possibly not tried to take everything on like I made our own music I I, I did everything <laughs> I do all of our graphic design stuff yeah. um, and I think Going back, none of that stuff really matters. at the beginning. I wish I would have spent more time learning how to record. Like our first guest that we had on, I didn't even think about putting in earbuds for the computer. So I had like an echo the entire way through. I'm like, it was just embarrassing. And at the time, of course, it was the one that got the most listens. So was oh
0: like, my oh my God. God. I think my first one is still like my second or third most, at least on the podcast is one of those. And same thing for me, it was when I did the audio podcast. If I messed up or stumbled, I would stop right there and then start from the beginning. So I just wasted 20 minutes. No, no, I said that word too many times. So there was a a five second silence, but no, stop. Let's start it. Took me two hours for a 40 minute episode. Like episode six or seven, I said, it doesn't matter. No one has complained about it. At that point, the five people listening to it didn't say anything. Uh, let's just go yeah. with it. They just want to hear the conversation. It doesn't have to be perfect, and it's been working out since then. And speaking, we just mentioned these guys a few minutes ago. So we have Michelle oh. from Force of Light Entertainment. How are you doing, Michelle? Thanks for taking the time today. Enjoy. Oh. Me, and Brian talking here. He's still awake, still trying to. Hopefully that's coffee or pink milk. Who knows? But uh, sorry, it stays awake for the next few minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm excited. <laughs>
0: Uh, so a question I ask all my guests: Have you ever received a weird Star Wars gift or given a weird Star Wars gift to Tom or anyone? Usually, when people know you're a huge Star Wars fan, they'll <laughs> or told you something that it. Yeah, I know I'm into Star Wars. That's I know there's a movie coming in two years. You don't need to tell me.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, not with Tom. Tom knows. I'm trying to, I don't know. And even like, so my, my career, my day job, I work for a, a independent record store chain. So record store chains these days are very pop culture driven too. Uh, so even at work, I work with like-minded people. I mean, I'm still the star Wars guy. Uh, I'm trying to think, no, no, I wish I did. Cause I'm sure there would have been, I'm sure. What about you?
0: Um, I said before, one of the weirdest uh, co-workers about five years ago before one around the Phantom, the Phantom. I just watched Phantom Menace a few weeks ago. Uh, the Force Awakens came out. They went on a three-week trip through Europe. And, oh, I brought you something. Oh, great. I haven't been to Europe. Let's see what you brought me. And it's a, I don't have it here with me. It's a Hungarian Force Awakens pitch storybook. That's missing about uh, it goes to right to when General Hawks is in Starkiller Base saying his speech, and I think it destroys the planet and then it ends there. and I don't know, so I don't speak Hungarian, <laughs> I can't read really. it. He has some masks on the mask the some Chewbacca mask and Ray mask, and that's the weirdest one I've gotten. Uh, one of that's my bosses awesome. gave me an, on, mainly an honorary member of the star, the Jedi Knight Church, and I have officially a jedi knight so it's weird stuff like that but i appreciate it but it's yay thank you
1: yeah that's awesome you know i'm now thinking about it i did get from a boss a long time ago for a christmas gift they got me a um it's some independent toy toy guy made a Wilro hood ice cream truck yeah (laughs) so i have like a little matchbox car painted with uh yeah it's pretty awesome It's pretty great
0: so you mentioned that star wars has been in your life as far as you can remember more or less but what's your star wars story? we all have a star wars story but what's yours or what when did you really got into star wars
1: so i mean honestly it's always it's just always been there i i really related to the Ewoks, I think Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. I think it's the most Star Wars, movie of all of Star Wars, uh, in my opinion. Um, but I'm not a very tall guy. And I was always super, super, super skinny. And so I used to get picked on a lot and all that like every every kid does. But I think I really related to the Ewoks when I was little because here they were these cute, cuddly things, but when it came time to defend themselves, they really did, and like they won the war. Like to this day, it's if it wasn't you know if it wasn't for Leia's single act of kindness, the rebellion probably wouldn't have won, and it's thanks to the Ewoks. And so I think at a really young age, I just really responded to that aspect of it. Um, I was adopted by my father. So I think Luke being raised by parents that were not his biological parents was like a big, a big part. Um, I don't know. I use Star Wars to just figure things out. That's something I've learned in the podcast, I think is all the different kinds of Star Wars fans that are out there. You know, um, like I, I'm really interested in the emotional connections to Star Wars and like people's like, that's i am not great at knowing every alien when i see i can oh i'm not i'm not that person mm-hmm. um especially now <laughs> <laughs> i it's still walrus man and hammerhead and all yeah. that to me um yeah. but those those really like those really deep personal levels which is why i love like you said going to find different podcasts and youtube channels and, and to be able to hear that stuff it's really awesome
0: was that always the way you saw star wars or connected to it with those personal Level so has it changed over time? Mm. Before for me it was lightsabers and the Sith versus yeah. the Jedi, and of course there is the <laughs> deep meaning behind it. But then, as we talked a little bit before, once you become a parent, boom, you see everything a different way, and then I start seeing more more of those personal connection and everything has to deal with a parent and their child in Star Wars, which is basically all of it. I just become completely emotional, and that's the part that really drives me to it. Apart from the voice side, which it's story-wise, the voice is what really interests me. But yeah. chronologically, going from Phantom Menace, and I've said it here before, it's me letting go of Anakin just to have a better life. As a parent, I said, I don't know if I can do that. Even if I know he's going to have a better life, I can just let my son or my daughter just go. with At that point, a stranger, yes, it's a better life, but it's a part of you. So that scene, say, what do you want about Phantom Menace? That, to me, takes a completely different meaning. Obi-Wan and Anakin in Adventure of the Sith, that battle at the end, the reason Battle of the Heroes is my favorite lightsaber battle is what it means for two people that grew up together and that emotional connection, what gets to me. And then it keeps going on with all the other movies, all the way to Rise of Skywalker, Ben Solo's Redemption with Han Solo, which I said before, I didn't want Kylo Ren to be redeemed. I, now it's just going by the same thing. But the way they did it, that's my favorite part of that whole movie. It's just that two-minute scene between the both of them. I started a little bit early with Leia making the sacrifice. But that parental connection, it's what I see completely different 15 years ago. I might have a completely different view of Star Wars to what I'm seeing now. So similar to that, as you grow older, of course, you see it a little bit different. But becoming Mm -hmm. a parent also made you see it a different way.
1: I mean, uh, 1000%. I mean, that scene with Shmi Skywalker was always really heavy anyways. But now, again, you know, like I said, I, I, we adopted our children through the foster system. So nothing good, nothing good in their life brought them to us. Um, And I understand that, that sever from a parent from a biological parent, in in a way that I don't think I could have understood it before. Um, you know, I, I've talked about, uh, Ahsoka Tano is my favorite character in the scene at the end of, of her story. Well, until I guess this new season, but when she left the Jedi order was resonates with me so much. It literally changed me as a person. It is like forever my favorite part of star Wars, but, and that was always really personal. And I've only, that's been what, almost a decade since that episode's been out, you know, pushing that. Um, but now I look at it from my kids' perspectives and everything they had to like walk away from. And it's it's taken this new meaning to that, um, which is awesome. And I just, I don't know, like I, Ray Skywalker, I've talked about that, her taking that last name has meant a lot. Um, all of, all of it's been really interesting. My youngest is a super fan. So mm-hmm. trying to, it's funny. I was just talking about this today when we were recording our show, actually, like when we were growing up for me, the prequels were not around And Star Wars is pretty easy. The Jedi were the good guys and the empire were the bad guys yeah. and the genius that is George Lucas, the Jedi aren't so great anymore. <laughs> it's so it's so hard to like try to explain to a little when he was four it was really hard he's six now but like to explain why the jedi still make bad decisions but they're good guys it's it's become which is brilliant like i and i love that star wars does not talk down to an audience at all it's hard it's confusing there is no single single path to anything and it's really it's been really awesome um
0: just a whole new way
1: to watch star wars
0: life lessons in star wars for neil right
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> uh, so i'll give a shout out here to force of Flight. as they're saying just like you that they love the ewoks just as you were saying brian i've said here before i'm not a big ewok fan but that's fine
1: the oh 90s, they're so um, good
0: i know i think it was because return of <laughs> the used to be my favorite movie also growing up but mm-hmm. then when the, the special editions came out late 90s and i was able to go watch them again on the big screen then like every teenager, things change, and then Empire Strikes Back became my favorite. And that's mm-hmm. one of those things that no matter what happens next, I will always be my favorite. And then I, yeah. that Ewoks bothered, not bothered me, they were, <laughs>
1: annoying,
0: they were annoying at that point. Again, a 16, 17-year-old kid doesn't want to see little teddy bears running around. So I think that's just in the back of my mind. But I know they're very important. <laughs> I just like making fun of them. But yeah, they're important. <laughs>
1: well, it's pretty easy to do. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, speaking of Ray, again, great character, again, Force of Light Entertainment. I was on the podcast a few, about a month or so ago, dedicated just to Ray, Ray Skywalker, and why. Awesome. We went the whole gamut, the three movies. And I won't say the same as you because I'm not in that pussy posi- on that. I, I'm i not there where I adopted my kids. So I know you see it different than I, but I do no. understand Ray Skywalker and why it's so important to her to adopt that name, at least from my point of view. And it's glad to hear from your side also, especially yeah. with all that craziness out there or people complaining about it. And it's, again, one of those things, if you didn't like it, fine, it's not for you. Just say, I didn't see it that way, keep going. But when people start harking yeah. on it and start, no, you're wrong because you didn't see it the same way as I did, that's what, man, no, that's why we love Star Wars. We all see it from a different point of view.
1: Yeah, right. I love that part. I love to see, like, I love listening to someone who doesn't like it and hear why and like learn a different it doesn't you know it doesn't need to take away from my meaning you know that it doesn't it's it's awesome to hear those things
0: yeah all right so we started this conversation talking about the mandalorian a little bit and your episodes that you are recording before before i jump to this last question and then start with the news items how hard is it navigating eight nine people in a podcast i think the most i've had here is three guests and it's just making sure that you <laughs> have enough time to talk and no one takes over, which is very easy, especially for hosts to take over. I don't do a lot of editing, if anything, on my side. I hear that you do a lot yeah. of editing. How difficult is it just navigating the actual conversation and then having to try to edit nine people?
1: Well, you know, it's probably better to ask those people because <laughs> they're probably, what is this guy doing? Because I, I like our show, we've almost decided Tom and I kind of describe our show as like a, a morning show in a way where it's just it's really conversational. And I've got my talking points. But if we don't get to them, it's all good. I'm more interested in the natural conversation that comes from something uh, that was really difficult with nine people who all run their shows very differently. You know, most of not everyone has podcasts but a lot of them do. Um, but I will tell you like Tom and I, edit as we go because we just sit right here i'm telling you the intro the first 30 seconds of our show is probably 20 30 minutes of like (laughs) laughing and oh we could have done better and (laughs) trying to jazz ourselves up um so not having that was really interesting we still we still do the the end and the the intro Mm -hmm. uh, in later um but yeah editing was it was a lot and i started using logic at that same time so logic is different than what i was used to so it was like i i didn't make it easy but i i've learned a lot i mean it's made me better i mean it really has made me better i think um so at all of it, it
0: you've recorded like you said three you just did your third episode today has it gone a little bit yes. easier getting those conversations
1: uh not this morning <laughs> <laughs> okay, those poor people i Oh, this morning I turned on. None of my mics worked. Nothing was like nothing was working. I was in yeah. full-on panic mode. Nothing ever goes wrong when it's just Tom and I, and we can like push it. Nothing. Uh so we actually recorded everything on Zoom. So Wednesday will come out, and we can find out how it went. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll, yeah. I'll wait to
0: see if I put this out there or not. So that. <laughs> All right. So so what. So yeah, Mandalorian, how are you feeling for season two? Excited? The trailer was okay? Oh, you ready to go for season two?
1: I am very excited. I liked the Mandalorian when it first started. Like, I mean, it's fantastic, but I'm not sure. if I was too excited for the rise of Skywalker. Like that excitement for what was coming yeah. for me kind of outweighed and I was really excited. We knew Clone Wars was coming, right? Uh, i think we knew at that point
0: i think it was coming we didn't know when but yeah we knew it was coming okay
1: and i am a total clone wars like stan like it is my favorite of all star wars like my i love love clone wars so those two things kind of outweighed the mandalorian at the beginning um and i really liked it but the longer i was away from that show the more i really really liked it when chapter five came out which i know is everyone's like seems to be collectively the least popular yeah. uh is my personal favorite like i there's i think there's so much to dig in there um underneath all the surfaces of, it's a very dave feloni episode it's a very clone wars rebels feeling episode um so i'm really excited the ending intrigued me and then at the end I mean, I guess we can talk about spoilers. It's we're coming the season two. the oh dark saber changed. Every, yeah, the dark saber changed everything. Yeah. I was like, I forced Tom, not only did I force him to do a podcast when the Mandalorians, I forced him to get up at three 30 in the morning because I oh. usually, I work really early in the mornings. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to watch it before I went to work. Uh, I was about to lose my mind when that dark saber came out.
0: Yeah.
1: Yes. It's awesome looking like it just looks cool. But the, everything that it means, the mm-hmm. story behind it, I was like, oh my God, it, this show just went from here to like mm-hmm. way up here. And I was, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, I was so excited. Yeah, so I, I'm yeah. really excited for season two.
0: I watched The Mandalorian with my family. It's one of the few, the only Star Wars that we all watched together, my wife mom, and my two kids. And for, I usually wait till late in the afternoon, Friday when we all get back from work and school and then just watch it. But the last like, three episodes, same thing, I was waking up middle of the night just <laughs> watching it by myself. I just you not know, watch and then re-watch it with you guys and fake that I know what's going to happen. But when the dark yep. show came out, I'm like, wow. And then my family's like, eh, what? It's a black sword? That- no, no, the Mandalorian, and, and all this. You don't know what this means. I, said, I don't understand. Is there a problem with the color of the lightsaber? No, that's it. So yeah, I understand. <laughs>
1: I was, that's, that's what that show did so brilliantly. Like they just gave you a really cool visual to get like the casual fan, like Tom to go, Oh, that's a rad looking lightsaber. But all of us, like it, it's, it blends those two realities really, really well.
0: All right. So we've been going for 40 minutes and we haven't touched the Star Wars news. So if you guys are ready, I'm no I'm ready. Let's talk Star Wars. Star Wars news. Star Wars news. So like I mentioned before, when I'm talking to Tom, I mean, to Brian, Tom isn't here, unfortunately. We'll, again, we'll, I'm starting to have a trend when I invite guests over. Sometimes one of the <laughs> two don't show up and I think they just flip a coin and decide, I don't know about this guy. Let's you go first and then we'll decide. But anyways, we're here now and not a lot of Star Wars news, if any, really. But let's talk about it real quick. It, first one is... D23 got delayed. We got this news from StarWars.com a few days ago or from Disney, I should say. They put out this release saying, we are, we are excited to announce that the next D23 Expo will be held September 9th and 11th, 2022 at the Anaheim Convention Center. D23 Expo will be a celebration like any other as we give fans a first look at 100 years of the Walt Disney Company. I don't know, it keeps getting you out. All right. Here. <laughs> so at first it's, okay, D23, that's fine. But how does this affect Star Wars? And when you start looking into it, does it affect it a little bit? First off, when Star Wars Celebration was pushed to 2022, I believe, mm-hmm. 2022, then all this D23, and I'm thinking 2023. So 2022, so now we have both... So let me go back. So Star Wars Celebration gets, got pushed to 22. So we had D23 in 2021, where we expected and hoped that, okay, that's where we're going to start getting some Star Wars news. Maybe something about the Kenobi series, Cassian Andor, the new movies that were also pushed to 2023. And now this gets pushed back to about three weeks after Star Wars Celebration so my first thought or my first question to you brian do you think this now means that celebration is going to be pushed back or maybe they won't have that much of a presence in d23 when it happens a few weeks afterwards
1: i think it's probably the latter i don't think they'll have as much star wars presence um uh i mean i hope it doesn't get pushed but it really could get pushed all the movies got pushed back what a year right pretty much so that on itself could push uh, Star Wars celebration back a year or two, yeah. Um, yeah I don't know. Yeah. I, I I'm still surprised they didn't do anything. Like, like uh, when DC did their thing, it turned yeah. out really great. You know, um, I'm surprised they didn't do anything. It was a little, it was odd. Yeah, uh,
0: very because oh, Everyone else did it. Uh, San Diego Comic Con did theirs. DC Final, nope. which was a huge hit. It was very long from what I've heard from people that were actually there for, I don't know, like 10 hours. And I think, I don't know what New York Comic Con is doing, probably something similar, Mm -hmm. something. But I was expecting Star Wars to do something and then nothing. So getting pushed back two years, because maybe one year we expected, because again, D23 was going to happen next year, but now 2022 seems like a long way away. But yeah, hopefully it doesn't get pushed again. And it's like you said, there won't be a lot of Star Wars news in D23, a lot of events, and they do everything Star Wars Celebration because I think a lot of us fans will, I don't want to say we'll be angry. We will, but I don't know how it's going (laughs) to hit hit us emotionally. We have to wait three years for official news because right now the way Star Wars news are officially announced is kind of weird just with a tweet or something out there. It's not that, I don't know, they don't make it an event. I mean, Marvel does it when they do their slate. I'm sure they can do something similar. And with all the leaks out there, that I think that's when Star Wars starts getting a little bit behind the ball, when they want to keep everything so secret that then things start slipping, and then it messes everything up. You don't need to reveal all your secrets, but at least give us something to then appease all yep. those leakers out there, and they are not looking at everything. So hopefully it doesn't mean anything too bad for Star Wars.
1: Yeah, i'm curious i'm not deep in like the marvel stuff i don't know if their fandom is as as picky as ours is i don't know another word to say off the top (laughs) of my head but it doesn't seem to have all the stuff that we do no
0: i don't i mean i follow some marvel stuff not as much as star wars obviously but i don't see people complaining or going nuts the way that we do sometimes so
1: yeah
0: anyway all right i just wanted to mention something and then we Like I said, Mandalorian's coming out. We got that trailer a few weeks ago and one poster, and then about two or three days ago, we we got a new official poster, which is this little one here with Mandalorian season 2 coming out in a couple of weeks, October 30th. Great poster, but like I said before, come on, Mando, that's not how you carry your child. (laughs) I I think E! Entertainment Weekly had the first run of the steals the promotional yep. pictures and they had him in the same speeder kind of just hanging there with a the baby in the back and this is not it's not safe and now he's actually riding the speeder with baby Yoda in the back as a parent Brian how do you feel about Dean Jarring keeping the child in that little backpack no helmet no safety belt no child latch lock or anything
1: he needs to get over his trauma with droids. <laughs> go find IG11 and uh, or IG88. Let's let's find IG88. Find his scraps wherever he is, and let's have another nursing droid come because at least <laughs> IG11 knew how to carry that baby. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and
1: terrible. Terrible. Or he yeah. needs to, he needs to pick up uh, what's your name, Peli from oh, episode yeah.
0: five. Just tag appreciate- her along yeah a, bring her uh, everywhere you go bring a pit droid and put it back there just holding on <laughs> all right so it is a great poster it's very in tune with the first one or not the, the mandalorian and that blue hue and the smoke in the back after the trailer so you get that same aesthetic again great poster not great parenting but that's just <laughs> terrible so.
1: parenting terrible, terrible. <laughs> we'll be
0: uh, oh, look who joined us. The man himself or the Kawakian monkey or ourselves. Salacious Rum. Good evening, Radio Rebellion chat room and Star Wars fans. Salacious Rum here. Thank you. We're going to be talking about you in a few minutes when we go into Jabba's yeah. Palace. And you know what? I think we're done talking about Star Wars news and all this stuff. I know what why you guys are here, why Brian is here. And it is to talk about Jabba's Palace. So I don't know when it was maybe a month or so ago i think it was you or some i think you tweeted out something about great star wars characters that are kind of stationary and you mentioned max rebo or someone did i mean maybe someone did and then you bring up max rebo and (laughs) a lot of people started bringing their characters and i said this is a good topic because here in radio rebellion we like having fun and talking about weird things in star wars we talked about other weird creatures Best and worst or favorite alien creatures out there. So I'll reach out to you and say, let's talk about this. And let's talk about Java's Palace. There's so much inside Java's Palace that we can talk about. So let's go ahead and start. And Salacious, if you're out there, let us know your feelings about how Java treated you, because I don't think he was a very good host. <laughs> but I should take this away. Sorry. All right. So you gave then, him some pillows. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And then ended up in a... <laughs> uh, anyway, so let's start right there. You mentioned that Return of the Jedi is your favorite movie. What's your first or your initial thoughts when you think about Jabba the Hutt and this great scene or this great act in that
1: movie? I, I mean, sadly, I think of Max Rebo. <laughs> <laughs> that is every, it's the first place I go. It's completely uh, not important, obviously. I love that character. Uh, it's the first movie I remember seeing in the movie theater. And I have this still from, if you can see it from 1983 uh, that I got at a uh, grocery store, probably after we saw the trailer or something, but I knew it was coming. And there's a picture of Max Rebo in there and ever since that I loved it. Uh, (laughs) I remember buying the action figure. He was hard to find, but I was traumatized when he died uh which oh, thank god i don't know if it's canon anymore but he did jump out uh which we learned in 1997 i think it was when <laughs> tales from java's palace came out okay. um uh, yeah i love him love him um
0: so speaking of being traumatized you're gonna traumatize me talking about this because i'm same as to you the first star wars movie that i saw in the movie theaters was return of the jedi and i've said here before that my first Star Wars memory is crying at three years old when Jabba the Hutt comes in on on the scene. And it's probably him licking his lip with Leia or just with everything when he grabs Leia after she unfreezes his hand and I just cry. And for some reason, instead of being, no, Star Wars is the worst thing ever. It's the greatest thing ever. But my (laughs) first Star Wars memory is crying because of Jabba the Hutt. And you're bringing all these memories back, but I'll power through. Um, one funny thing, I tweeted out yesterday a picture of my Star Wars 365-day calendar, which corresponded to this, this yeah. half here, more or less, with the Javas Palace. And then down here, you pointed out with words in the little corner, which I totally missed. But then it brought me right back to my childhood, watching Return of the Jedi, always trying to find him. Every time that scene came out, yeah. I was like a rock frog. He's going to eat something I will never see. I always see it at the end. So it brought me right back then to I know he's there, <laughs> but I haven't seen him. And then I had to pick up, oh, yeah, he's in that little corner back there. So that brought me back to my childhood. So I'll suffer the trauma of Java just for reminding me of my childhood. So thank you, Brian.
1: It was not easy on a VHS tape either. Yeah, oh,
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now that you mentioned VHS, you mentioned also when we were talking about during this episode that the laser disc changed the way you saw it. I don't remember yeah. if I saw a laser disc, but what about it changed the way you saw it? Just the scope of it?
1: Yeah. So we always had full full screen. You know, I didn't I I didn't know there was letterbox versions. I had no idea. Sure. And I my buddy had a laser disc player, and we. Got them. Uh, I think we bought them together. I think it was the only way we could afford that set back then. But he played it, and I just realized how much bigger that scene is. There's, yeah. there's so many more aliens. I don't like a man a man. I remember. I think a man a man was the last toy that I ever bought at the yeah. store. Um, but I never saw him in the movie that I could that I could remember until the laser disc came out. I'm like, oh, there he is. Um, <laughs> Yeah, to the. I mean, still forty something years later, I still see things that I don't know if I've ever seen them, or you just forget you see them. But that that scene is so is so dense, and as it's cleaned up or new versions come out, you know, like you see more and more into it that you just couldn't see um, on yeah, VHS. That's how. Watching I,
0: it last night on Disney Plus, it's yeah, I saw a lot of different aliens I haven't seen before, just forgotten. And There's a lot of detail in that scene, but I love that it's first a story totally different from anything we've seen in Star Wars. This separate mission that's not does have anything to do with the main plot, but it has our main characters that we've come grown to love going to rescue Han Solo. And then it starts with where I think it's one of C. pos best performances in the. He's on point in this scene, complaining as always with R2, but then when they get to the palace and he just pick, pick, oh, no one here, let's go. A little tab that no one can hear, it's like, "Ah, let's just get out of here. Yeah. And then, yeah, go on with Trippy a little bit. He has that great scene. Then, when he tells R2 to play the message, and we'll go into a little bit longer. Oh, I present you these two droids. And he's like, no, no, play the right message. That no, That's not it. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I can't bear to watch when he's Java slicking himself. And when Luke comes in, <laughs> oh, finally, Master is here to rescue me. He doesn't care. It's all C-3PO's world, and it's on point yep. right in that scene.
1: Yeah, I love C-3PO. I love him. One of my favorite characters Um it probably is because, like, I mean, this is my favorite scene in Star Wars, anyways. Um, that this, that's probably why, because you're right. He's so good. He steals—he steals the show every yeah. single time he's on camera. He steals it every time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so, like I said, Jabba the Hutt traumatized me a little bit growing up. But what are your thoughts on Jabba in general? In this scene, what it, what he means to Star Wars? Because he could have been a one time alien that no one really cares about. But I think since 83, when this came out, Java the Hutt has always been at the forefront of Star Wars. Marketing, mm-hmm. and everyone knows about, like our friend Cam Ray posted when we were talking about this earlier today. What is about Java the Hot that everyone loves? There's no reason to, to love Java, but everyone does.
1: I think it's just fascinating at the amount of arrogance he must have you know we've learned more about the huts as it's gone on but here he is we at the time he wasn't in a new hope when it first came out at least for me so i still i still see stuff through those lenses i think for the most part but here he is just this big fat thing that can't move but he's so arrogant that everyone is afraid of him like any one number of those people could have taken him out at any point in time, but they're just all so afraid of him mm-hmm. at just as it is sheer arrogance and confidence in himself. I just find like, I think, granted, not a jerk, but I think there's something that all of us wish we could be that confident in ourselves, that we could just walk into a room and command it like that. Uh, that makes him so good.
0: They just mean <laughs> pushing people around. Like, oh, get, out so get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, but like Salacious Rum said on the chat I think because we've heard in Star Wars alien creatures talking speaking in an alien language but not for 30 minutes this scene is almost 40 minutes long and a lot of it between Java uh, before tuna is that hotiz which sounds great yeah. it's sometimes there's no there's no dialogue underneath there's no captions they see trivial. Basically, saying yep. translating, but it works somehow, it works. And his voice is great. The Hattie's language, whoever created that form of speak, did a great job. Him, yep. big fortune, and everything. So it does work. We all love Java for some reason. I used to have that shirt that said original gangster, it was Java with Princess <laughs> Leia. <laughs> That's, I met, I went, there was a, not Star Wars, there was a, a sci-fi convention in Puerto Rico back in like 96, 97, 98, more wow. or less, 98, 99, and Peter May, he was there. So the only time I actually met a Star Wars sweet. actor, I got my picture with him, I got the signed picture with Chewbacca, I sh- should post that here somewhere, is it? Yeah. And I had my Oreo Gangster shirt, and he did say it was a great shirt, so yes. Java the <laughs> love that giant slug.
1: They have never nailed that voice as well again either.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Ever. So let's go right into so no before we go into the plan to rescue Han Solo, <clears throat> that uh, we'll get into it in a minute, but you were mentioning when we, you saw the laser this and then every new edition, we you get to learn more all the great aliens that we have there. Like we said, we have Big Fortuna there, which I think is the first time we see a uh, Twilight character on screen and now they become so popular, Hera Syndulla we all know and love and in the Mandalorian we have a few. The first time we saw Twi'Lex, which to me is a great design, especially that rough that we see in Big Fortuna and the way he kind of acts when he's trying to walk away. Salacious Crown, those Kawaki Monkeys are just I'm just jumping everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my big acting here. Uh, we have Gaborian <laughs> Guards, Niktos, Quarrens. This is taking the Cantina scene from A New Hope and blowing it up. Yep. Um, so that's something I take about this scene. It's just the scope of it with all the great aliens. We always talk about Uh, get away from CGI, go back to practical effects, and this is a great way to kind of show it. Um, Anything else from that scene that pops up with all those aliens that you start seeing on screen?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I think that's what was missing in... That's what's been missing in the Disney era, I think, is that scene, like you said, it's 40 minutes, and a good chunk of that dialogue is not in English. There's no basic. Um, And we didn't need it back then, and I miss... Like I missed the need there. C3, but didn't have anything to do in the sequel trilogy, but you could have very easily had him in the sequel trilogy interpreting those things. Um I mean, speaking of this scene, I know it's in, in the notes to bring up, but like solo bring we, we have lady Proxima. Who's this amazing yeah. looking character. Like she is so awesome, <laughs> but then that voice comes out and it's not needed. Like it was, yeah, uh, it, it, yeah. it, it Cut it under it underserved that scene a lot. Um uh, yeah, no, I love I just love how how you're just transported somewhere new in that. I mean everything, everything in that you see the Bomar monk walking away in the background, like mm-hmm. you know, we it it made it feel very lived in because there was no like zoom in close ups to anything, yeah. you know, they were just kind of set pieces. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, going back to Solo real quick, which I love. I love that movie. It's yeah. my comfort Star Wars movie. The biggest critique, it gets, oh, it's just a fun movie. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's what it's supposed to be. Mm. But that's, uh all right. Yeah,
1: I, oh, no, it's my favorite. No, it's my yeah. favorite. It is my favorite oh, of the new ones, but okay. it is so much more than just a fun oh, movie. I know. Uh, if movie. you
0: go deep into it, there's a lot of things behind it with Kira always one step ahead and her relationship, she's never free, even though she thinks and acts like it. it's another show. I'll get you back when yep. I do my solo. There's <laughs> behind it. Surface yep. level is a very fun movie. If you go deep, then there's a lot yep. you can take from it. But going back to Lady Proxima, that's, that problem, and I agree with you 100%. At that same scene, you have another character. I forgot his name. Her enforcer speaking a different oh, yeah. you can just MODOK, yeah. It. Yeah. You can have lady Proxima speaking whatever weird language they speak on corelia and then he already speaks it so the two of them could have gone at it we know Han understood him, so no reason to then have her speak english yeah anyway now i threw myself off but
1: <laughs> sorry uh, yeah
0: no that's fine if i anytime i get to talk solo it's a uh, it's, it's good um uh, so let's <laughs> Salacious Rum says that he's going to be in season two of The Mandalorian. Big Fortuna is coming back to overthrow Java. Maybe he's the one wearing Boba Fett's armor. So we'll see when it comes out. That's who (laughs) Timothy Oliphant is playing. Um, So let's go into this plan to rescue Han Solo because you can either enjoy it as it is, which is what I like doing, and then you can go 20 different ways and say how that plan doesn't make sense. But the first thing when well, we have R2 and C3PO going to the palace, C3PO basically says, "Oh, Captain Corlysian and, che- and Chewbacca has been gone, have been gone for a long time, and we haven't heard from them." Then we get over there and play the message, and then Luke Skywalker comes out. I present to you these two droids as a token of my gratitude and give me solo and we say no no you're wrong play the right (laughs) and then we know what happens they get taken (laughs) away and we find out also that droids feel pain because we have that (laughs) torture droid burning the feet of everything they can do to a droid they're burning the feet of that other droid they tell r2 okay we'll use you on the on the sale barge, and tripio you're gonna go work for the master so first off what how Mm -hmm. do you feel about droids feeling pain do we need to be more concerned about this
1: uh yeah (laughs) i think uh i mean i love the way droids are used in star wars i think um there's a lot there i don't think i think george lucas is an absolute genius and there's nothing in there accidentally um l3 certainly changed the game for droids in in a very literal sense in the movie but also uh brought to light. I think a, a conversation that it's been had before, you know, they, uh, they touch it a little bit in clone wars. Actually, I think they go into yeah. a little more of that kind of stuff. I love that in the prequels, Obi-Wan like could care less about R2D2 and Anakin's like, no, treats him more like, like his best, you know, a pal. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I, I love the droids. I think they're incredibly important and, and what they represent in Star Wars actually. Yeah. For sure.
0: When, on the episode I had with the Galactic Podcast, one of the questions we got was, who does droids or androids better, Star Wars or Star Trek? And it's very different because in Star Trek, even though I don't follow it, I used to watch it, but not for 20 years now, androids, data, and all those, they're part of the crew and they're they're people, basically, that where they're treated most of it. I In Star Wars, like you said, they belong to someone. There's always saying, "Who's your, who do you belong to? Oh, Master Skywalker. Um, Obi-Wan saying, I've never owned a droid. So there's oh, they are always owned by someone. And that's when L3 yep. comes out and says, no, 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 no. I'm not having these restraining bolts of this. Uh, doing a mass rebellion or whatever she says when they're running out. And it's something that doesn't really get touched upon too much in Star Wars. We all love droids, but we don't see that all these sides that, ah, I, I, what, what are we doing? What we're doing with them is—is is that right? We love them, but we treat them as—I don't want to say slaves—but we treat them poorly, to say the least.
1: Yep. All right. That's a yeah. Good. Think about the poor battle droids with that. With that, you know, we talk about the clones and how terrible it yeah. was for them, but what about the battle droids? Eh? Yeah. Yeah, we have Roger and FreeMaker Adventures. He's got some tells to tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So, and then we have this bounty hunter come, come in. Nobody knows who who he is. He does yet refer us as a he. I want fifty thousand for solo. I mean for Chewbacca, because I bring you the mighty Chewbacca. And then we had that scene, thermal detonator. Oh, I, this is my kind of scum took you down to thirty-five. Before we go, yep. into, and in solo we saw him doing a similar thing. And I, I don't know if it was a comic or just people on Twitter, someone say, yeah, that's Han Solo told Leia and that's why she knew to do this with Java. Do you believe this or you still keep it as uh, separate incidents?
1: Uh, I mean, first I have to say that the Bausch design is my favorite costume in all of Star Wars. It is so yeah. rad. Everything about it's awesome. The voice, everything about it's right, ra- yeah. awesome. Uh, I, I remember when that came out and I'm not sure upon first viewing, if I kind of giggled, I chuckled at, at the idea of it. Uh, cause I feel like it's a very Han thing to do so that it fit there, but I don't think I went out of it thinking about what it meant for that scene on return of the Jedi. Um, I am bummed that I think it took, it can be seen as taking something away from Leia. Um, who is a very pragmatic character anyways. Uh, but the thing that I look at now is Han picked up a stone. It wasn't <laughs> going to detonate. We all know that thing was really dead because she would have taken everybody out if she needed to, like that's what she would have done. And so like, I think, you know, it does it with that way. I think it makes her fantastic too. I think it was needed. Probably not. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't I, in my opinion doesn't take away either i still i like i i think if anything it i can see where people say it takes away from leia but i actually like that it adds to her if if that you know
0: yeah I did. he's gonna go there yeah i had that throwback to return of the jedi when i saw that in solo but i never thought about oh yeah then han went and told her and she mm. said i'm going to see again so let me try this with an actual thermal detonator that even yeah. if Han did tell her she was going to go through with it, not like he was just breaking a, a window. But I, I still see them as separate incidents. She just, I'm yeah. about, I'm trying to pass as a bounty hunter. I need to do this, and if I can't have it, no one will. That's kind of sense. Yep. But then we go. All right, here's your money. Then, she, and again, yes, the design is great. I think that voice is my favorite. The Ugh. modulation of the voice is great. Brings him down. Unfreezes him. And then Han goes, who are you? Removes the, the helmet. Someone who loves you. And the Leia. Ugh. It's because we know the last time they spoke, reverse, yep. one of the greatest scenes ever. And I knew it was coming, wasn't it? Yes, so the delivery of both of them, the way Carrie Fisher removes her helmet and just someone who loves you, which I think it's the first, I mean, not the first time it did happen in Empire, but one of the first time that she proclaims her love for Han and the way he responds by, like, it's not, yeah, I'm being rescued, but that person rescued me is Leia. And just his emotions, the way he says it, really gets to me. Um, so, yeah, when you saw that, do you remember seeing that for the first time and kind of being blown that it was Leia's voice?
1: I I don't know if I remember. Like, I, me neither. I feel like I just kind of always knew. Uh, it doesn't take it away at all for me because uh, I just think it's such a – i remember reading in the 90s when shadows of the Empire came out and i liked that you know uh hearing how she got the costume was cool back mm-hmm. then i think it's been it's been retcon now uh yeah It's something same, different same. but yeah no. but that was cool i like yeah i i love that scene i i i think i love to go back to solo i love that like i love all the Performance in that movie because I think I think I know I know Han Solo isn't necessarily that portrayal of him in Return of the Jedi is not everyone's favorite portrayal of Han. Sure. But I think I think I I like that Solo really bookends his arc. Uh because we see him I think that's who Han is. And we see that version of Han in in Return of the Jedi. And one of my favorite things that gets me every time is is Chewie and Han Solo. Like when he gets thrown in the prison after that, and he's like, I'm all right, pal. I'm all right. And they're just holding each other. And they're just, they're like, they're there for each other. And you had never until that moment, never saw Han Solo vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And the one person he's vulnerable in front of is Chewbacca and it just, it still holds so much for me. It's so good. And I love that Solo chose to follow that version of Han Solo. Um, because he's never been the same, you know, I think he thought he was going to die. And I think when he, he came out of that carbonite as the person that he was, he he was done running from who he was at that moment. It was all, it's, it's beautiful scene. It's It's a
0: great point. I think when people complain about Alden's performance, they compare it to Empire Strikes Back and A New Hope and not to the person that Han Solo is at the end of all this. And I think you're correct. And watching it yesterday, because you did mention that Han Solo and Chewbacca scene in, in the movie. Then when I was watching it yesterday, that scene came on. And I that's right. And the when they first met was in a prison cell, roles a little bit reverse, but hand still being thrown into a cell where Chewbacca is still yep. there. And that's where they have that first connection. And like you said, the person is always being honest with, I guess, and vulnerable 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 with is this <laughs> giant furry oaf of Chewie, yep. and then Chewie just yeah. talking he said no no you're fine you're good I'm so good it. it is great and I, it gets looked over a lot unfortunately
1: yep and yeah then, i think it's a very important
0: yeah so that plan doesn't work so let's go to our third plan and here we go <laughs> dark robe opens up the palace doors two gamorian guards come running Get out of here, Force Choke, Force Choke. Jedi Master or Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker comes in, choking people, using Jedi mind trick on Big Fortune and then trying to use the Jedi mind trick on on Java. Uh, Give me Solo, you're gonna die, this is your last chance. Uh, We were talking a little bit before about how Luke Skywalker has always been this conflicted, aggressive person you wanted to talk a little bit about it. So run me through your yeah. thoughts and look on this scene and just your feelings in general.
1: So uh, I think I mentioned it. I can't remember if it was here in the podcast, but we went and saw empire strikes back at the movie theater uh, just a couple of nights ago. It's playing at one of the local places. And so it's top of mind and something <clears throat> that now I see very differently is when Luke confronts Darth Vader for the, for the first time there in Besbin, which is iconic Mm. and wonderful. Luke Skywalker makes the first move. And I'm not sure if it ever played this way to me before. And now it makes me think of the Luke Skywalker that we saw in the last Jedi. Uh, And then I went and re and then last night, I rewatched this part of return of the Jedi and he comes in you know, dark cloaked with a silhouette that looks just like Darth Vader, you know, which we're meant to think, you know, oh God, is he bad? And he starts killing all these people. Like Luke has never been this like passive person like ever. He, he, I've had a much different relationship with Luke Skywalker as I've gotten older because I, he's not the strongest character. He's probably one of the weakest of them all. Actually, maybe until that very final final moment but i also think he's like on his knees about to die and there's nothing left to do but to ask for help uh and so i see that and i think back to to what yoda says once you go down the dark path forever will dominate your destiny and he went down the dark path when he chopped off his head in that in the cave and like it's been chasing him ever since and i think that's something that i wish was a little more um explicit maybe in the last Jedi, i have like uh, it, the dark side ray you can't go down there i did it once and it has been haunting me for the last 30 years uh i think something would have been really great but i think i i just i saw a really a very strong parallel between luke and cranky luke that i <laughs> had seen the same way you know um but it was great
0: yeah i mean i know a lot of people complain about last jedi Luke, and how he will never do that what he did to ben solo never eh, just go back people like to think of him still as the 17 year old whiny kid on tatooine wanting power converters where no he went to the dark side in the cave he basically almost went to the dark side when vader threatens leia he goes full on like Mm -hmm. like the first move in empire he's beating down on on vader until he realizes no i'm gonna turn just like him but he went full on for 20 seconds What I just wow, walking at him.
1: Oh yeah. But yeah, the
0: way he reacts on. solo for a nanosecond, knowing everyone's gonna die. Oh no, I gotta stop this. No, I went through this already. Let me pull back. Unfortunately, Ben, I guess is a light sleeper and woke up with the glow and <laughs> <my> green table <laughs> and messed the galaxy up. Can just <laughs> keep sleeping for 10 more seconds. Everything's fine. Yeah. But no, he had to wake up, but yes. Luke Skywalker in this scene, and I don't know if it's in, it is intentional to show us that he's willing to go to the dark side. I don't know if he really killed those Gamorrean guards, so we don't see them again. He told them yep. a few times, if you don't do this, you're going to die. So this is your last chance. Um, release us or die, as he says in the song. Like It's not the way of the Jedi, yep. but Luke does go that way. So yes, it is a little cranky from that yeah. way way to last Jedi. And-
1: and let's not forget that little 17-year-old was shooting Womp Rats. <laughs> just because he could. No, <laughs> he, did, he didn't have a lot of care for life.
0: <laughs> yeah, Daniel, wherever he was. Uh, exactly. Right now, if a kid tells you, I'm killing things, no, no, call the services. <laughs> no doubt. Money. But we, oh, yeah, he could do that. He could destroy the Death Star. No. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look into this. I think you make a good point. Yep. <laughs> see a damaged kid and a, oh man, Luke Skywalker, another hero we thought. No. All right, so anyways, and then we get, and I guess was it before this, I guess, we get the first jam inside Java's Palace with oh. your friend Max Rebo, and I was going to talk about it a little bit more, but we'll leave it for the end for one of our questions, the new edition, but here we go. Max Rivo. the band starts playing, everyone's dancing. Yep. We get the Twilight Dancers before she's thrown. Ula. No, what's her name? Ula yep. know. Ula. Yes, I I missed that on a trivia that I was doing. I mean, oh. I, I, anyway, I, Ula I, I, and
1: Yarna. Yarna is the other dancer.
0: All right. Oh, you said at the beginning you don't remember the places or anything. Oh, <laughs> you, you know, you know. All right. I am. But yeah, Max Rebo, walk us through that music and that scene and then falling down into the Rancor pit.
1: Oh, it's so good. Like I, I just love that we had this like bright blue elephant jamming out. And that music is so cool, especially the music that you hear on the sail barge, like after Lofty neck, I don't know the name of the song, but like that, that is a groove. Uh, he just looks so happy to be there. I think size noodles looked awesome. Like she looked so cool back then. Uh, I love what they did with her in the clone wars. I, I love that episode. I was like, Oh, she's bad. She's awesome. Um, that rancor scene though is so yeah. funny because my youngest Michael, who is the, uh, the other super fan in the house. Uh, I, I, Course to me, I just saw a big monster eating things and getting killed, and it's like awesome, right? We're like, oh my god, this is rad. And he's like, the monster didn't do anything, he just wanted to get out of the jail. <laughs> Why did Luke kill him? And I was like, oh, yeah, I think you're right, yeah, kills creatures just because, yeah. That he, yeah, the recorder had no interest in doing that, he was a prisoner. He was, yeah, um, that scene is good. I can't believe how well it holds up to this day, like, it just looks impressive it's so awesome it's so big like i said i just i don't know i love return of the jedi it is like it's everything that is star wars in yeah. two and a half hours like we get all of it yeah
0: like i said at the beginning one of my favorites episodes that we've done is just talking about all the weird creatures in star wars and yep. the palace has mo- a lot of them starting with java the rancor um the oh, i can't believe Whatever, the pit at the end. Um, but yeah, the Rancor, first one I see yeah. Max Dribble. Yes, it's big blue elephant. He looks like clay to me, that he was made out of clay. And then he's the yeah. only one, like you said, they're just playing that piano. And then he makes it to the sailboat, <laughs> one of the few other people that makes it out of there. And then the Rancor scene yeah. is great. Watching it last night, it holds up perfectly. That creature design is great when you think about horror things in Star Wars. It's coming out from underneath that cave and it's a great scene. I always feel it kind of weird the way that Luke kind of throws that skull to close the that gate mm-hmm. on him. But again, the it's a force of-
1: throw. It's a force yeah. throw.
0: It's a force. We'll get it. <laughs> I think force throw he, he needs a better extension of his arm, I think. <laughs> and he made it there. But it's one of those things that I again, a creature in Star Wars that was there for maybe two minutes at the most becomes iconic. Everyone knows who yep. what a is. Everyone when any Star Wars game that you're playing and there's a you know you're in trouble. Uh great scene, great design. And then we move to the sail barge, which continues the same story and all the great creatures. We get the music again. I, same thing. When I think of Max Rebo and the music plane, I think about the sail barge more than Java's palace. Yep. Unfortunately, it doesn't get the recognition. It doesn't have a name, yeah. like you said. But it's like, great yeah. scene. more of Max Rebo there. And then the plan kind of unfolds with Luke giving um, Java the a final chance to let them go. He gives the little nod to our 2 holding yeah. the saber all this time. And then all that happens. My boy Boba Fett gets thrown into the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get my... <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, let's finish up this discussion about Java's palace and this whole scene with the cell bars. Han is starting to get his vision back. We get his reunion with Lando. And, no, oh, I thought you were blind. And all that, so... Do you like this scene so
1: in good. the cell Bar? Do you prefer the palace? Oh, I don't know. I probably, pref- I probably prefer the palace, mm-hmm. but this scenes I mean, it's pretty iconic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't believe it. The thing that the one thing that cracks me up for the, for George's famous line of faster, more intense. It sure does take a long time for that lightsaber to fall in Luke's <laughs> hand. And you're just like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, anyway, but it's I'm awesome. About- I, yeah, it, uh, I just, yeah, I never, that was just the coolest thing as a kid when, when R2-D2 pops that thing out. And yeah. I think, you know, I, I like that Luke is the last resort, you know, I think there's that scene that's del- it's a deleted scene, but he's communing with, with Darth Vader at the, at the beginning it, when he's like tooling his little lightsaber before it goes in. Like we get that line later in the movie when he's like, I'm endangering the mission. So like, clearly Luke and Vader have been communicating over this, what six months or a year or something like that. I think between the movies, right? Some, somewhere uh, in that ballpark.
0: Yeah. It's, I think it's about a year, maybe a little bit less, I think.
1: Okay. Um, so he can't go, because if he goes, Vader's going to come show up again. And he lost Han to Vader once. He doesn't want to lose him again. So it's kind of like a last resort that Luke has to show up. Uh, and I don't know. I like it. I, I don't know. I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's yeah. the flip is still cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, that swimming pool trampoline that he had there perfect now if we go back up. But, <laughs> before we get to that, we have C-3PO running into i 2 serving drinks, and again we get triple. what are you doing here? Serving drinks. <laughs> Great, and of course, we can't finish without talking about Leia being the badass that she is. I guess I'll be the one to choke this slug. Uh, and then, everyone loving Leia, oh. people for her costume, but more for the badass that she travels then to canon with people calling her the hot slayer in bloodline there yep. it's the badass as she was for us and transfers to the canon great scene again everyone knows this you need someone to kill a a hot you get lay on boy so
1: man yeah bloodline yeah. did an amazing job with all of that stuff we see all those nick twos yeah. in this in in this thing anyways and yeah. now to hear how much they all hated him so yeah. much and this respect yeah. that she's garnered for herself out of doing that like it is it's a really empowering scene actually i mean you know she yeah. it's, it's that's who leia is. That is you know i think she could have gotten out of that anytime she wanted to but she uh, knew what the plan was and she had to lay low like that's what leia is leia will always think of somebody else before herself and it's it's a, it's really interesting yeah I, I love it i love it
0: the reason she lets us go return on rise of skywalker she has a final resort to get to ben and she does so yeah she was always thinking about someone else the rebellion resistance Han. yep and then ben solo at the end Whew, so i think we've covered most of it anything else about this yeah. great scene you want to touch on before we meet, move into some fan questions
1: uh no max rebo for life
0: Max rebo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man it's it's again it's a it's a he's elephant behind a keyboard everyone knows max reborn it's again i don't know there's something about those movies that test of time they'll always be there and there's something that you always love about them but those small things those are the small things that stay with us
1: you know specifically you asked earlier when like what i think of when i think of return of the jedi and there is this Hand move that Max Rebo does after the thermal detonator. He's got his little hand, and he does like the coolest little like twirly do with his hand oh, to play yeah. the keyboard. That I think of that way more often than I should. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's so Big, cool. Yeah,
0: Before Tuna, when <laughs> Luke is telling him, "I'll take you to Java," I'll take you to Java now. He goes, "Whatever," and then. <laughs> I don't know, weird <laughs> movement. So see, we're on the same way
1: Yeah.
0: But, all right, so we got a few minutes. I try to keep this close to an hour and a half, because if not, I keep going for two hours and then people at my household don't like that too much. So let's oh. go to uh, one of my favorite points here on the show, and it's Ask the Rebellion, When we hear about from you guys, I should say, and a few questions. I'm having trouble in my, there we go. Ask the Rebellion. Little graphic which I just removed. There we go. As the rebellion. So love it. As always, we throw it out there to our fans. If they have any questions for us, it can be about the topic we're talking about this week or just anything in general. We, whatever. So we had two quick questions today, and we didn't touch too much on the special editions because our friend and I didn't come up with his Twitter handle. He did. Ben Howard McDonald wow. at Ben is the worst. Hopefully, Ben don't come on. You Hi, Ben. But thanks for. Well, joining the rebellion and sending this question to Brian and myself and he asks, Laptineck versus Jedi Rocks, which is the biggest banger? Um has to be Lap right? Or no?
1: Oh god no, Jedi, oh god Jedi no. Rocks. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I don't understand why they had to get rid of it. I'm I'm here for the added people. I love little rapper Tooney. I love the turtle frog guy. I love the drummers. I love Boba Fett's flirtation. Like I'm here for all of that stuff. I love it. Why couldn't you just keep lop- Lopti-Neck there? Interject a rap. Come on, we we're in pop culture. We see you know great beautiful ballads, and then they do a remix with a rap feature in the middle. Like they could have they could have done something. Yeah. So
0: ah. I, I haven't heard Laptinek in I don't know since Jedi Rock took over 20 years ago or whenever it was. Yep. And I this morning, let me find it because I'm gonna be talking about it. Because I always go you no know, all the added CGI, no one needs to see the throat of that guy with a slower coming. It adds nothing, it's just a gag yep. that be there. And then you listen to Laptine Eck. Come on, it still works, like you said, you can add a few dancing aliens. You can yep. update the CGI of those characters if you want. There's no need to change the song and add this extra singer laptineck all the way or just a cell boss. Give it a name and we'll go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so our final question of the week comes from our friends in a galaxy pod, Jacob and Eli uh-huh. from Star Wars in a Galaxy podcast and they write what do you think happened to boss after Return of the Jedi? So I haven't think thought about oh. this because, I don't know, but Busk. So let's say he survived. I don't know where he is in The Return of the Jedi. Let's say he survived the sailboat exploding. And I don't know if there's anything canon about Busk after Return of the Jedi. So if anyone out there knows, just correct us and let mm-hmm. us know. But I think he just went his way. He went back to, to his planet over there. Just let me find another... Ganser that needs something. I'm a bounty hunter. I'll just get whoever needs something. I'll just go that way. And he just found his way out of Tatooine somewhere, somehow. Or maybe he's the one that helped Boba Fett out of the Sarlacc pit and they're both going after the Mandalorian and Baby Yod in season two. So that's my answer. He helped Boba Fett out of that Sarlacc pit. What do you think happened to Bosk?
1: You know, I think he probably got out because mm-hmm. uh, Trandoshans are pretty rad. Uh, I love me some Basque. Uh-huh. He probably went to the cantina there in Mos Eisley, a ran into Grief Karga, <laughs> they were about to have a little transaction going on, and then he overheard, fast forward <laughs> a few days later, that these once cute teddy bears like defeated an entire like army of stormtroopers and won a war, and he rounded up his 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 buddies and they went and did some hunting for some sport on the cool. forest moon of Endor. Cool. And yeah. and now he is hanging on on works on uh Wicket's wall somewhere. <laughs> I think Wicket took him out.
0: Wicket got him. <laughs> yes. celebrated of- I do like that. I did mention I don't have the best relationship with Ewok. So maybe he got some trendos, went to the Forest Moon of Endor, started hunting. And unfortunately he ran into well, and Sheep chirping, they... <laughs> well, Thanks to Ben Howard and for the guys over at In a Galaxy pod for their questions and if you guys listen to this one to send your questions at any point during the week just tweet at me with the hashtag AskTheRebellion and we'll do our best to answer your questions here so yes Brian that brings an end to our show thank you awesome. for being here. Um thank you can, for having me yeah where can our listeners find you guys
1: We are on Twitter and Instagram at Serving Pink Milk. You can visit our website at uh, servingpinkmilk.com. We are pretty much everywhere your pods are. We are on YouTube. And uh, on Fridays, join the Pink Milk Friday Night Dance Party because I put together mixtapes every Friday night and I put them out there on Spotify and Apple Music. And we can all dance together.
0: I got to go check. (laughs) I know when you tweet them out. I haven't checked them yet, but I'll I'll do one. Uh, again, thanks for good. being here. We threw this out pretty quickly. Thanks for being again yeah. next time. Tell Tom to show up. Uh, yes, <laughs> if you can. Um, I do appreciate it especially <laughs> being up for I don't know how long now almost 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being here. I'm if this strong. is you with no sleep, don't sleep when you come next time. <laughs> time. Um, yeah, again, thanks for coming. Uh, for no, me, thank
1: you can- so much. I appreciate yeah. you.
0: Always. Uh, you can find us obviously here on YouTube. If you search for Radio Rebellion Podcasts, everywhere podcasts are found on Apple except Amazon Podcasts. I still keep telling them. They're not putting me there, yeah. but Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, all those places, Radio Rebellion Podcasts, and on Twitter and Instagram at Radio Rebel Pod. Uh, check out Serving Pink Milk and Pink Milk, all their great stuff over there. Those Mandalorians, Round are great. Like I said, I just listened to the first one earlier this week. I'll check out the other ones. Just a different perspective on Star Wars. I think yeah. in this day and age we all need to see things from everyone's point of view. So thank you and Tom and everyone over there for that. And as awesome. always, thank you. uh stay safe, be safe, and may the force be with you. Radio Rebellion.